This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing a proposal to require all city employees get a third dose of the COVID vaccine, as well as a memorial in remembrance of the hundreds of homeless residents who died on the streets this year. Earlier this week, San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo introduced a proposal to require all city employees get their COVID boosters. Joining me now to talk more about this is San Jose Spotlight reporter, Jenna Cotta. How's it going, Jenna? Good, good. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on. So let's go over this stuff. Can you give us a quick breakdown of the mayor's proposal and why he's bringing this up now? Sure. So it's not really much different than the previous vaccine mandate that was um, imposed on um, city employees and those who use city-owned facilities. This time, um, city employees are required to uh, get a booster shot or a third shot. Um, and those who use city-owned facilities uh, will have to do the same uh, if, if this proposal is approved by the city council. And what is the current uh, vaccination rate of city workers? And also, what do we know about how many workers haven't gotten vaccinated for COVID? So the, the vaccination rate for city employees is higher than it is for the city. 95% of city employees are vaccinated. So that means about 353 employees are not vaccinated. 288 of those actually received exemptions. Um, and there's six workers who have received notices of intended discipline for failing to show proof of vaccine. Um, two of two of those are uh, in the disciplinary disciplinary process, and three have been suspended without pay. Um, and the remaining employees are those who are new hires, so the data just isn't there yet. I see. And just a quick um, side question about these exemptions: Do we know why these were granted, or like what kind of exemptions they were requesting? Uh, they. From my understanding, they're typically religious, but um, they weren't able to break it down. I see. Okay. Now, when the city required its employees to be fully vaccinated earlier uh, this year, there was some protest from police and fire. How are they feeling this time around? So not too happy about it. it it's not necessarily about the um, booster shot, though. Uh, when I spoke to Tom Segal from the police union, he said that they were more upset that they were not made aware of this proposed mandate until the mayor announced it on Tuesday and and accused the mayor of not acting in good faith. Um, you know, Segal had said that this, you can't change conditions for workers without speaking to workers. So that that's really more their um, hold back on, on, this, on this proposal. And they also want to see data to support that this kind of mandate is, um, you know, necessary. I see. And what do we know about the current vaccination rate for um, the police department? So it's also pretty high. I mean, Segal had touted that San Jose police may be one of the police unions in the country with the highest vaccination rates. Um, so their 91% of their uh, staff is vaccinated. And with fire, 90% of them are vaccinated. I see. Um, final question here. This will need to go to the city council for a vote before city workers are going to be required to get a third shot. When can we expect a vote on this? Right. So first, it has to go to the Rules and Open Government Committee. Um, and that's going January 5th. So the earliest it could go to the city council for a full vote uh, would be January 11th. And the mayor is eyeing the end of January as the deadline for um, the mandate. So if it's approved in the middle of January by uh, the city council, city employees may have to get the booster shot by the end of January. That's that's pretty soon. And I know that there are some other uh, agencies and uh, organizations requiring it. The Cal State system is requiring it. So we'll see that mandate at San Jose State sometime soon. It really seems like this could ramp up by the end of January. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, those at San Jose State, they have to get the booster shot by January 10 if they want to go on campus. So. Well, we'll keep covering this and uh, we'll let readers and listeners know. Thanks, Jenna.
Looking for a way to unwind after work or on the weekends? Purple Lotus has plenty of premium cannabis products to choose from. The family-owned business, located at 752 Commercial Street in San Jose, offers great customer service, a comfortable atmosphere, and top-quality cannabis. With more than 50 strains of the Bay Area's most exotic flower and hundreds of products to choose from, there's something for every customer. Purple Lotus offers daily specials on a variety of products, as well as a 15% discount to seniors and veterans, a 10% discount to people with disabilities, and even a 5% discount for students at regional universities. Right now, shoppers can get up to 25% off next day delivery orders, 25% off when you spend $300, and 15% off when you spend $200. For more information, visit plpcsanjose.com. Hi, I'm Ramona Guivargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Perus, Executive Director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. And if you make a tax-deductible donation today, it will be matched dollar for dollar as part of our end-of-year fundraising campaign, Newsmatch. Give now, give nonprofit. Trying to stay healthy this holiday season? The County of Santa Clara has some easy tips this winter break. Get vaccinated. Visit sccfreevax.org to learn more. You can also get boosted. Everyone who is 16 years or older and has been vaccinated for more than six months is eligible for a free booster shot. And if you're gathering this holiday season, please remember to keep gathering small and with family units. Wear your mask. And if you're traveling, remember to get COVID tested before and upon your return, as well as three to five days after. Home test kits are also available. This ad is brought to you by the Santa Clara County Office of Education and County of Santa Clara Department of Public Health. Roughly 250 homeless Santa Clara County residents died on the streets this year, a large increase compared to the last two years. Advocates held a memorial recently to honor the dead and call attention to the growing problem of homelessness. Joining me now to discuss this is reporter Tron Nguyen. How's it going, Tron? Good. Thank you for having me. So, Tron, describe this memorial for us. What was it like and what did you see? Yeah, so this is an annual memorial um, organized by a group called Silicon Valley um, Interreligious Council. Um, and it's happened every December 21st, um, the longest night of the year. This started around um, about eight years ago and... Um, Four years, about four years ago, a group called Unhoused Respond Group started um, to join in this effort to create makeshift graveyards. Um, this is really making up, making up um, you know, tombstones that cut out foams, and each of the tombstone bears a name of a person who died on the street um, in the past year. Um, you know, these events usually prior to the pandemic um, were really well attended. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, a hundred people show up at the 2019 event. Um, obviously in 2020, um, everything went online. Um, but this year we saw a much smaller crowd. Um, still, we see, you know, a lot of advocates, a lot of um, housing and homeless uh, advocates uh, we also saw um, faith leaders um, and also local lawmakers like Supervisor Otto Lee uh, was also at this event. I see. Now, l let's get into this number a bit. 250 dead homeless residents is quite higher than it has been in the past. W what can you tell us about the dead? Yeah, so this is quite a horrific number. Um, you know, 250 is the highest number that Santa Clara has seen 
um, in the past decade, if not, you know, um, ever. Um, and out of 250 people who died, 145 people were seniors. Um, so people who were 50 years old or older, um, more than half of the people who died were people of color. Um, and amongst all of those, three babies um, also lost their lives between December 2020 and November of this year. One was an infant and um, another two were a pair of twins who died before they were born. Um, this year also saw um, a record high of number of people who died by suicide. It just, you know, it's just a dramatic increase um, compared to the number that we saw in 2019, where the county reported 161 people who died on the street. Um, in 2020, where 196 people who died without a home on the street of Santa Clara County. That's a 55% increase between 2019 and 2021. Um, so it's, it's definitely a disturbing trend that uh, these numbers keep going up. So Tron, I know that they shared stories at this event of um, the people who passed and the tombstones also had the names and ages and other identifying information for these residents who passed. Tell us one of these stories. Who were these people honored at the event? Yeah, so the organizers um, as well as advocates um, and uh, and leaders, um, you know, share reflections and prayers for the people who die on the streets um, this past year. Um, and then they also spend, you know, a couple minutes to read out the names of everybody um, who lost their lives um, at the end, toward the end of the memorial. Um, you know, the organizer kind of opened up um, the mic for people to kind of reflect and share a story of the people that they knew um, who lost their lives. One of the story that stuck out to me um, was the story of Kelly Tasker. She was 44 years old, um, a grandmother. She has battled homelessness for nearly a decade. And through the help of um, an organization called Compassion Center in Gilroy, she was really, she was literally days away from, you know, turning a leaf on in her chapter. Um, she has just signed a lease on um, her first permanent apartment in nearly a decade, um, days away from moving into that apartment and also help out, you know, that would, would given her a chance to um, get help with her chronic illness um, and then also lift her partner um, off the streets to be with her. Um, but she ended up dying um, in October literally just days away from moving into this apartment. So that was heartbreaking. And, you know, for some somebody to die that young um, at 44 and just days away from getting out of homelessness, right? Um, and I think a lot of people, especially seniors, um, end up dying this year too because um, advocates say that services just didn't reach them um, and they're way more vulnerable to the violence at camps. Um, and they also suffer from a lot of chronic illnesses. So we are seeing a lot more seniors are dying this year than previous years. And advocates saying said that this trend probably is going to continue where we're going to continue to see seniors dying at a, an alarming rate. Oh, that's, that's very tragic. Uh, now, 
let's touch on something that some of these advocates are saying. Some of these advocates, they attribute these deaths to local lawmakers and a failure to protect these unhoused residents in the region. What efforts are elected officials making to address this homeless issue? You know, in the past year or so, we've seen a lot of movement um, in terms of more housing. We're seeing uh, lawmakers are racing to convert motel and hotel rooms um, into interim or permanent housing. Uh, we're seeing a lot of other solutions that are also at, at play in the South Bay. In September, San Jose unveiled you know, a goal to reduce homelessness by 20% by next year, 2022, uh, by building more prefab homes um, in the area. Um, and in partnership with Santa Clara County, um, they also have a plan to end homelessness by 2025. Um, but these results um, and helps are not coming fast enough for the people who are living in this reality every day. Um, and at the same time, the city and its partner, including Caltrain and Valley Water, um, has continued to sweep encampments. Um, and we know from our reporting that they have done you know, more than 200 sweeps um, in the past year or so. And those are just destructive. And advocates say those might have led to more deaths um, than that we are seeing um, as a result now. Wow. Well, okay. Thank you for breaking that down for us, Tron. Of course. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.